What's up, Imperial? Welcome to our seventh episode of the Imperial FFC podcast. This is your commissioner, Donish Varani, and today we have the individual who has the record of the most mock drafts in league history, Mohsen Ghassani. We'll talk to him about his do-whatever-it-takes-to-win mentality, which also includes abusing commissioner powers. But first, the Bond song. Mosin, happy to have you on. Hey man, what's up? It's good to be here. Glad to finally be on this podcast. It's been going well. Great job so far, man. Really, really love it so far. Thank you. Thank you so much for saying that. Um, you know, last week, I just want to get right into this. Last week, we had Anil on the podcast, and uh, he destroyed you, man. He, he pointed out how unfair it was for you to manually change the score and get yourself into that championship game. Can you tell us what you remember from that year so that way uh, we can hear from your point of view? And do you have a response to Anil? So since you started this podcast, I've actually been looking forward to either <laughs> who was going to be first, mine or Anil, who's going to give their viewpoint on this. I knew it was going to come. Uh, and I'm glad I know went first. Uh, <laughs> but no, he, he pretty much laid out the scenario pretty well last year. It uh, didn't leave anything out. It was a Denard Robinson stack correction. Um, it did happen after the Thursday night football game. So one game had occurred. And uh, taking myself out as commissioner in this equation, uh, as I think anybody would have fought the way I did. No matter what had happened there, I, I fought like any competitor in the league would have fought for it. Uh, you want to be in the championship. He even admitted on the podcast that, hey, he would have been in the championship even though I had beat him last round. I mean, that doesn't make sense. Uh So it was going to be one of those situations where somebody was getting the short end of the stick. Uh, I'm happy it was not me. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, I mean, I think in the end, I really think it was handled in the fairest Mm -hmm. way possible. I took myself out. We put it to the rest of the league, taking me and Neil out, decided to go third party. Mm -hmm. Third party decided, hey, this guy should be in the finals, so... I was in the finals. All right. Um, you know, you ended up winning that year. Congratulations. How did you feel when you saw the asterisk next to your name? And how does it make you feel when you hear everyone refer to that year as the asterisk year? So uh, I know also said in the podcast last week, it was it's good for the story. And uh, if you guys know me and you guys do, I'm all about a good story. So I don't mind it. It was I had no idea. I was 50-50 in my mind whether or not you guys would actually do it. I knew it was a possibility. And it happened, and it's hilarious. It's a conversation piece for whenever anybody sees the trophy, right? So it's cool, and I had my fun with it. When I had my trophy, I tried to scratch it out. I colored it with a black Sharpie. Uh, I think I got away with about six months of it until one day with Zane, I was like, I got to admit this to somebody. And then he saw it and wiped away my Sharpie, and so now it's back. So I, I like the positive attitude towards that That's really cool. Um, you know, when you were commissioner, we had a previous league member, a boss, become a sacco. I think, uh, if I remember correctly, that was his second time. Mm-hmm. He he was a bad sport about it. Uh, you know, he left the group chat, and uh, he made it tough to do the punishment. We've all heard him say you never technically told him a date to do the punishment. I don't want to bring up old wounds here, but what exactly happened? And uh, is he ever going to be welcomed back into the league uh, from your point of view? Um, first and foremost, Abbas is always welcome back in the league. He, he's one of our boys. Uh, okay. if, if, and actually when he does come back in, I'll say, uh, I think we're going to expand to 10 man, which is better for the league overall. We'll find somebody else 
possible candidates out there. Um, Shemez has proven himself to be worthy of this league, so I, I don't think he needs to go anywhere for sure. Um, but as for his Sacco year, yeah, I didn't give him a date. It was uh, early on in the league. Uh, we weren't really establishing rules like we are now. And I kind of had uh, in my mind that, you know, we don't need to do that. It's a friend's league. He knows he's got a punishment coming. He's going to do it whether, regardless of when it was. Uh, and that kind of never happened. And in our beginning years, if you guys remember, we were all sticklers about these rules. We were like, nope, it needs to be said. Otherwise, I'm getting away with it. Yeah. So I kind of thought maybe it was just, you know there's a sack of punishment coming. Do it and come back. So he, he, he's had a couple chances right now to get back in. He can do it again later. We'll give him some more opportunities. Nice. Uh, speaking of, Shamez, a.k.a. Sacco, uh, has done a Sacco. great... Sorry, sorry. I thank you, said thank his name. you. Has done a great job of filling in this spot. Um, made it very competitive, although last year he did win Sacco with that David Johnson injury. But right. this year he's been taking the league by storm. So I um, think, uh, think the 10-man way is the way to go. I've been saying that for a while. Now, that depends on if, you know... A boss wants to come back or Right, not. it's all dependent on a boss. Otherwise, we're staying with this eight. But if a boss wants in, he, he does have a spot waiting for him, and we'll, we're willing to expand the 10, I oh, think. Oh, okay, all right. We'll see uh, how that ends up happening. Uh, would you make him do the same punishment? Would you make it worse? Would you make it better? Would you? Make I, it- I'd be okay with the same punishment. I think anybody would be willing to kind of see that image. Okay. So, all the 2-2 right. two, two and Tiara. You know, I was expecting more anger from you on that, but uh, I guess... Uh, if this was, like, maybe the year after, but, you know, gotcha. kind of... Right. Time healed. Exactly, time exactly. Heals. That's what I was thinking. Okay, so uh, let's see. Speaking of uh, time healing things, you and Zane have made some trades in the past that have uh, been in his favor majority of the time. He's also called you out for your love for Texans players and how that makes it easier to persuade you. Why did you make those trades with them, and do you agree with the Texans statement? Um, so... I will agree that in the eight man, I, I, at first for sure I had a bias towards Texans, and then as I got more neutral about it, uh, still in the eight man, I if I have a decision between a Texans player reaching for him a little bit, and another player who maybe should go there, I might lean towards the Texans player in the eight man just because I like to be a little froggy there. Okay. Um, but I don't think I'm I don't think I'm too, uh, biased hmm. with, with that. Hmm. Now with the trades, um. I think I made, I made two with him, right? 2014 and 2016 from what he said, and that's what I have here from what I saw. 2014 was uh, the trade rape. <laughs> that was Welker and Reggie for Lacey and Wheaton. And Lacey, uh, I took him high. I had a three-headed monster at running back that year. I don't remember who else I had, but I remember I went for that approach. And Lacey just wasn't performing. I thought I needed to get rid of him because I was weak. And yeah, Welker and Reggie were towards the end, but I thought they'd produce and... I made an early trade and it ended up being bad, and he definitely won because Lacey ended up going off. The mm-hmm. 2014 was a bad one. 2016, I still I look back. It was DeMarco Murray and Will Fuller for Jordy Nelson. Two for one. I don't see how that's a bad trade. Uh, I mean, it, it's a good running back, and that, that may be the year Fuller broke out and had those couple big games uh, with the long passes. And so I went for it, and that, again, goes to the bias I said earlier. Uh, South Fuller, and I was like, okay, why not? And it didn't work out for me that year either. Did he win? 20, he didn't win 2016, did he? I think the two years he's won has been the years you traded in. Was it 2014 If I remember correctly. Zane and then Osman. And I think the three yeah, of you, have, you made three it. trades, and you won the year that uh, y'all made a trade. I don't remember what it was. No, the, I, I looked at that the year I... One, I actually had made no trades. Oh, okay. Yeah. Good to know. I just drafted a good team. 
Gotcha. So you didn't give up your team. Oh, and, and I got Denard Robinson off the gotcha. wire. <laughs> Let's not forget that. <laughs> no, nah, I don't think we'll ever forget that. Um, well, let's see. Uh, well, let's see how Zane did last week to start off our week six recap. We have my team versus Zen. What was supposed to be a close matchup ended up being a thirty point win for my team. Zen did put a respectable one thirty six with Gurley putting up thirty five and Rogers pitching in twenty eight, but it wasn't enough for the one sixty four I put up. Bump down to sixth place, Zen looks to push forward and stay in the playoff race. The league's highest points scored for the first time this week. I got $25 and looked forward to keeping my winning streak alive. Hopefully, uh, Sackle was wrong about the payout being cursed money. Good game, Zane. Next up, we have Anil's Bobby Do You Love Me versus Sacco's All Hail Bobby. Admittedly, a much better name for Anil's team. He still couldn't pull out a win. At least he got past 100 this time with 111 and wasn't the lowest points this week. Hey, glass half full, right? Is he ready to make a trade for a running back or is he just waiting to play the waiver wire? Whatever he decides, he needs help and he needs it fast. An easy win for Sacco with 155. He was extremely close to getting the weekly payout. Not used to being so close to winning, he tried to curse the money. Hopefully the fantasy gods don't curse him for trying that. As mentioned before, I've said this multiple times, he continues to lean on his Rams and Chiefs players, and it continues to work. Currently with the most points, he looks to take over the league like Amazon and Bezos. Next up, we have Sunil's Pimpin' Ain't Breezy vs. Chalkbar's Bobby the Base God. Easy victory for Sunil beating Chalkbar, 121-85. to Although a decent score, at one point Sunil was projected to finish this week at number one. Was this a game the fantasy gods were playing with him? Dangling something first place related to only stick him in second place again? Were they foreshadowing? Chalkbar scores the lowest points in a week this year in maybe league history. With only 85 points, he now has the second lowest points scored. What was, a raw, what was a strong start is quickly becoming a poor effort. Can his team continue to hold out for Bell? No pun intended. Last but not least was the game of the week, Mosin's Digs in a Blanket versus Usman's Commissioner Gordon. A thriller, Usman took home the bacon with a 139-135 victory. What looked like was going to be an easy win for Mosin, Usman's team came out of nowhere. Should the league stop thinking he's getting lucky and take his team seriously? Or should we all follow his reverse jinx methods? Whatever he's doing, it's working, and the rest of the league needs to figure it out quick, or else they'll be dealing with his shit for back-to-back years. Let's move on to our personal get-to-know-you segment. Mosin, we get... That you love all things sports related, fantasy and video games included. But what other hobbies do you have that no one would think of, and you can't use food or eating as an answer? Um, obviously that would have been the obvious choice. I love food and I love to eat. Um, you know, I I had to think about this one. Um, I I love being active in my free time. If I can, if I can, if it's tennis, going to the driving range, you know, like a- a- anything. I love being active. So. Other than that, uh, you guys know uh, I love watching movies. Nice, um, yes. So that would, I, I don't know if nobody would expect that. If you think about it, that's probably the other thing I do in my free time. But I do love watching movies. I love cinema. I love uh, all different kinds of movies. Uh, when I was in Austin in my apartment, I went through a huge animated phase and stop motion and started watching a lot of stuff like that and really appreciated some Japanese uh, 
I forgot the guy's name right now. Uh, but some animated films that were just pretty cool. So I, I, I like cinema and film. That's cool. You know, I was thinking about this question when I had it, and I couldn't think of what you would answer with. And after you said it, it's like, oh, how did I miss <laughs> that? That clicks, right? Yeah. Uh, you never got into a TV shows. You've always been a movie guy. Why is that? So TV show, I've, I'm not patient enough for it. My gotcha. problems have always been the week-to-week thing. Um, DVR was my savior. I loved recording, having a bunch of episodes saved up back in the day and watching those. And now with all the streaming services, i just rather be able to binge watch a show yeah. than watch it. So, I mean... And besides that, uh, I like being able to know the end of the story right away rather than knowing about it. Yeah. <laughs> just just not patient enough for no, it. That makes it because I've always been a TV guy personally, so I've always wondered the movie. It's guy. nice to mix it up, but yeah, no, movies over TV for me. All right. Now, I know you uh, you do something with coding right now. I don't know too much about computers, so I'm not really sure how to word the question, but right. what exactly are you learning how to do? So it's called uh, QA testing, quality assurance. Um, basically, what, I'm do- what I will be doing is um, just testing companies' different softwares. If they're rolling out a new website, if they're rolling out new features on a website, uh, they reach out to third-party companies just to test all of that, make sure it's running smoothly. They'll have certain requirements that needs that uh, everything on that, that, the software running on that webpage needs to hit, and that'll be my job, to test all of that, make sure it's running smoothly. If it's not, make a detailed report of what's not happening. There's a lot of logic to it. If you've realized something's not working, write one thing then you need to think about it what else does that affect on the web page and you know just get it back and so it's kind of a base level i will be learning some coding right now it's a base level into the it field and then kind of hopefully grow from there cool man that's great to hear glad to uh, glad to hear that uh, that's working out for you um in your life have you ever had your younger brother amir help you with any homework or any school projects um so yeah you know he's uh open glue sticks and glue stuff on poster boards for me and stuff like that. <laughs> um, but, you know, surprisingly, no, I've never actually gone to him and been like, hey, do this homework for me, uh, even though, like, yeah, he's a smart guy and everything, but i be like, hey, can you write this paper for me? Or He is a nice guy, too. He has offered. He's like, hey, do you need any help with stuff? He has yeah. offered before. Yeah. Um, but, no, I've never actually used him for something like that. Uh, just a little, little help here and there. Let's say he's busy at home and needed something, I'll help him out, but... Uh, or he'll help me out and just stuff like that. That's surprising because even I've had Amir help me out <laughs> with homework and papers and projects. So I'm shocked you uh, you didn't get to take advantage of that. Um, between the Rockets, Texans, and Astros, if you had to pick one team winning it all, which one would you pick and why? Rockets. Oh, wow. Well, yeah, it was okay. very easy. Like, uh, of course, all, all three, uh, I'd be very happy. We were fortunate enough to have an Astros one already. Yeah. Uh, inshallah, we get another one this year. That'd be great. Yeah. But uh, Rockets, definitely first love. I'm wearing a Rockets t-shirt as we do this right now. Um, season starts yeah. tomorrow. You know, I'm really excited for basketball to be back. Uh, I think all of us, first love is probably Rockets. So yeah. it would be probably the best for not only me, but everybody. All right. I agree. Uh, this year, your team is all over the place. Man. Sometimes you have a great game scoring one of the top points in the week, and other weeks you barely hit 100. Why is your team so hot and cold every week? Uh, I, I had a bad approach to this draft. Uh, I thought out of all the leagues I'm in, uh, which is too many, 
Uh, this was probably my worst draft in the eight man. Uh, I think I was telling you pre-draft that uh, eight man is the hardest for me just because there's so many possibilities. Uh, do you want to reach for sleepers because not all the early round players are going to pan out? Or do you go for the heavy early round players and just know that's eight man league? You'll have a good roster. I mean, it can go so many ways. Um, but I think I went with too many hit or miss players, didn't get any, uh, enough consistent floor players. Uh, so that's why my team is going the way it is. I mean, Stefan Diggs was supposed to be a great wide receiver and he is, but he is huge hit or miss. Um, so I don't, yeah, my hit or miss is perfect for my team. <laughs> uh, you know, you mentioned the mock drafts with all the mock drafts you okay. do. Can you see this happening beforehand? Like, and, and actually, you know what, you know what? How many mock drafts do you do? Like, how many have you done, or how many do you do every year? So, I mean, uh, when we first started this, I got this rep of doing a lot of mock drafts because I did it, and it just showed up in notifications on people's side showing how many I did. And I like doing it. I'm not going to lie. I love drafting. If I could draft throughout fantasy season, draft season, I would. It's something I, that's why when this uh, draft fantasy app came out, I love it. I play it on the side where you draft teams throughout the season. Um, but. No, the mocks don't help. And <laughs> I, I learned that later, maybe two, three years after doing so many. Um, it, it doesn't really help. It, everything's unpredictable. Um, in the Yahoo mock drafts, I think I was telling you this again, you'd go into a Yahoo mock draft and there's people in it who just don't care. They're in it for fun. <laughs> Number one pick is Steven Goskowski, and the guy puts in the chat, screw y'all, and leaves. And he just wants to mess with you. You know, people yeah. just do that. So um, I found this fantasy pros thing. Uh, which I showed to Usman in Cancun this past year. Yeah. And so you asked me how many drafts I do. Um, it's definitely double digits. Uh, oh, God. It's, yeah, no, I mean, obviously it was double digits. Um, it, it may have been close to triple digits Oof. some years. Because of this fancy draft app, if I show it to y'all, you'll see. It's just because you can do one draft within a minute, yeah. probably. So I just kind of started doing those. But, um, yeah, now I realize it doesn't help, so now it's not as many. Okay, so I was honestly expecting somewhere in the 50 range, but the fact that you're hitting up triple digits... No, no, at, at my peak it was there, but 50 is probably right. Man. What I've gone to now, I realize instead of mock drafting, is I've actually started listening to podcasts. Fantasy okay. football podcast while I'm driving. It's actually, you know what? I don't need to tell you what I'm doing. <laughs> it's obviously not working. So. <laughs> true that, true that. You know, you're in, a, you're in seventh place right now. Are you yeah. worried you'll be in a, what I think is going to be your, would be your first Sacco Bowl ever? Uh, it would be my first Sacco. I think Sanu and I are the only ones right now um, that have not been in it, knock on wood. Uh, but this year, uh, yeah, my team is not looking too hot. Um, I may be a favorite right now. Yeah, uh, the answer to the question is yes, I am a little worried that I may be in a Sacco this year, I think. I need some things to really go my way. Okay, Alex, that's scary. Uh, you've been the number hey, the one... The first step is admitting it, all right? Yeah. <laughs> the first step is admitting it. Yeah, I felt like that a little while ago, so <laughs> I, I feel you. Um, you've been the number one advocate of not believing in jinxes and, and also reverse jinxes. You accidentally had one yourself uh, this past week, and you even had one that helped me out. Thank you, by the way. You're welcome. You're welcome. You've seen what they've done for Usman's team. Are you becoming a believer, or are you going to stay a jinx atheist? Um, I'm not a believer in reverse jinx. I think it's a cop-out. I think it's the ultimate cop-out. 
Um, you say good game, you act like you're giving up. If you actually do lose, you say, hey, I said it earlier. If you do win, you brag because you won and you don't really care what you said. Uh, I think it is the ultimate cop-out. Just if you believe you're going to win, be confident in your team. If you really say, I give up, I want to be able to know that you mean what you say. Like, hey, you really don't believe in your team anymore. But uh, this is the way the league has gone. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, I did have a couple lucky coincidences this past Sunday uh, where I said something and instantly karma went my, somebody's good way. Um, but no, I don't believe in reverse jinxing. Um, yeah, I'm just going to say what I believe will actually happen. Okay, hopefully the fantasy gods do not punish you. Hope, hope. Hey, one, I'll clarify. I do believe in fantasy gods. Okay, okay. There is a higher power here controlling everything. Okay, okay. okay. I just don't believe in this tactic of the reverse, reverse jinxing, jinxing. Yes, as as exactly. the as the prayer for them. Exactly. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, you know, speaking of reverse jinxes, obviously that brings up Usman. Um, you know, the two of you had a really close matchup last week. Uh, obviously, he was reverse jinxing the whole time. Um, you know, tell us uh, what went through your head throughout the whole time and, uh, you know, how you feel about it now that the matchup is done. So I was actually at his place with Tiddy right next to him throughout all this. <laughs> um, I went there for the Astros game uh, since Bichara had broken his ankle and was a cripple and was just chilling at home. I decided to give him some company. Mm-hmm. It was close to me. Good matchup, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went over. We watched that Astros game. Ended up being a bad Astros game. Uh, went into the second half of this Sunday night football game. And, you know, it was, I was still had, I think, projected to win by 30-something. And it all went wrong in the second half as soon as we started watching. I mean, Tyreek Hill got his first touchdown. I was like, you know, it's Tyreek Hill. He's going to get his. Cool. Yeah. That second one was definitely for Kareem Hunt. And he tripped somehow and it went over him. And Tyreek Hill comes out of nowhere and catches it. And Osman's still kind of calm, but I see a smirk coming on his face, and I'm just like, this is not good. And then that third one happens, and I mean, okay, he gets the long catch. How do you not tackle the guy? He turned that corner so quick, dude was gone, and then Osman lets out a yell like, yeah, and I just look at him, and I'm so, I couldn't handle that, dude. I was thinking about leaving, um... But it really burned because he did the same thing to me in another league uh, week one. Came back from about 30 points down uh, after Sunday and Monday Night Football. Had a crazy game and came back and won. And um, uh, screw you, Usman. You are now enemy number one. I think he's proven that in the league. Nobody's liking his reverse jinxing method. He's public enemy number one. Uh, he made that Marlon Mack thing in the other league. The, the whole Marlon Mack debacle. Uh, yeah, public enemy number one. Yeah, Usman. he keeps making things worse and worse for him. He, Definitely. He, no matter what he does, he just keeps making the wrong decisions. Definitely, definitely. Um, but wait, week one, did he reverse jinx you as well in the other league? Uh, yeah, he did. Oh. He definitely did. He's been doing it all year. Uh, this is the strongest approach to reverse jinx I've seen in my fantasy football career, probably from anybody. <laughs> That's not a good compliment or sign of respect. Mm-hmm. That is, a, what is this guy doing? He is pathetic. He's somehow winning, though. Man, public enemy number one. smart. <laughs> Can't make the right decision. Well, let's go ahead and move forward to our Week 7 matchups. Who do you have uh, winning and losing each matchup, Mosin? All right, so the matchups. Um, all right, I'm just going to go with the Yahoo order here. It's first me versus Addicted to Blanket versus All Hail Bobby Shemez. Um, my team is hot trash right now, so that one's pretty easy. I'm not even going to really look at the rosters. That's Shemez, and that's not a reverse jinx because you just heard me. I am not for that. The next matchup, we had Bobby Do You Love Me, uh, Anil versus Bobby the Bass God. 
two more interesting teams here. I'm gonna go with Chalk Bar just because Anil's team has been very weak lately. Um, Pimpin' Ain't Breezy versus Donish's team. I think Donish's team is warming up and Pimpin' Ain't Breezy is cooling off. Uh, I go with Donish's team here. And then you got Public Enemy number one versus Zen. <laughs> I hope Zen wins, but you know what? I'm gonna take a look here. Gurley McCaffrey, I mean, you know what? You'll get my take on the teams in a little bit, but I'll go with, uh, unfortunately, Osman. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right, let's see how that lines up with Sunil Chata's lines. Uh, please remember, dollar minimum, $10 maximum. He has finally won his first bet uh, against public enemy number one, Usman. Um, but let it be known that I did cash in very nicely last week. Uh, $20 on two bets, making my league pass only $5 for the year. Uh, first matchup was a Sacco versus Mosin. He's putting Sacco's team at a favorite of minus 170. And put Mosin at plus 150. Mosin, you interested in dabbling on that? I might be, but is, am I the heaviest favorite ever? I mean, heaviest underdog? Um, or has there been ever? You know what? I think I might be. You might be the heaviest underdog ever because... He is tying Sacco with the Zen's previous heavy favorite. But, uh, yeah, you're the biggest underdog be, right? the league's ever had. I mean, I may dabble just because of that. Actually, no, I suck. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe. We'll see. All right. Uh, next up, uh, we had Anola and Chalkbar. Chalkbar is a heavy favorite of minus 150. Anola's at the plus 130. Uh, then he's got me and Sunil, so uh, he put us both at minus 110. Looks like it's pretty even there. I think we'll, that's a fair line. We'll not be touching that personally. And then we have uh, public enemy number one, Usman, at minus 160 and Zen at plus 140. Uh, Mosin, are you taking any of these lines? I have yet to bet uh, this year. I don't know why I should, uh, especially seeing the way uh, SJ Sportsbook has been going. Mm-hmm. Or Sorry, SC, Sunil Chacha. Sunil Chacha's um, lines. You know what? I'll take a look at it a little more, and we got a couple of days to get it in, so I maybe put my first bet. All right. So Nil Chacha has been losing a lot of money to the public. Exactly. I'm not sure if he needs to work on his odds, or maybe we're just getting lucky. We'll see. Um, now we're going to go ahead and follow that up with Moe's Power Rankings, sponsored by your very own Houston Eats. If you're craving some meat, look up Houston Eats, Moe's Power Rankings. <laughs> All right, guys, so we are pretty much officially at the half point of the season here, uh, six and a half weeks in, basically, of this 13-week season. Um, so here's some power rankings for you halfway through. Uh, at number one, uh, unfortunately, I have public enemy number one, Usman. Um, I mean, you take, I'll, I'll be fair here. I'm going to be really fair throughout these rankings. Uh, solid team throughout. Uh, he's got this $24 tight end in Kittle. Uh, a quote-unquote three-headed running back monster that he wanted, uh, but Jordan Howard really hasn't panned out, but he's got a dynamic duo over there. Uh, wide receivers, Alshon and Tyreek. Um, he's got boomer bust wide receivers, and Cup just got hurt, so maybe this is the start of his downfall. I say hopefully this is the start of his downfall. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's got solid options throughout. Wide receiver and a flex spot, just um, a little bit weak, but solid options in depth. I'd say he's a lock to make the playoffs, at least even if he falls. Um, and then speaking of those uh, of uh, Cup's injury, this next guy has two of those Rams wide receivers. Shemez, um, got a good team. If Cup's in, it's an MCL sprain, I think if it's serious, if it keeps him out, if it affects him, 
Woods and Cooks could go off in that offense, so uh, things are looking up for him right now. Um, and sorry, if I said Shemez again, I meant Sacco. <laughs> um, and my only knock on his team earlier was exactly what I just said, that uh, he had two Rams wide receivers, and now that's looking good. Um, other than that, I think he may have uh, the best running back group in the league, Zeke, Kareem Hunt, and now Sony Michelle. Uh, who, as soon as he drafted Sony, I called him the value pick of the draft. I think he got him the second to last round. Um, I think Shemez has a good-looking good team this year. Um, and then I couldn't believe I had Sacco at number two, and now my every preseason Sacco favorite chalk bar comes in at number three <laughs> for me. Um, he's only here because the news of Le'Veon returning some point soon. I think even if it's by week 10, he'll be all right. Um, that means he could have Lev Bell, Joe Mixon, and Chris Carson, and James White to choose from as his running backs. All solid PPR options there. Michael Thomas and A.J. Green as two of his receivers. Tight end and wide receiver three are weak, but, I mean, if Lev Bell does come back, and that's what this ranking is based on, he's looking good. Um, number four, I got Zen. His small trade with you uh, could end up being, I think, pretty fair both ways, actually. Um, he's got Gurley, McCaffrey, and Cook as his three running backs if Cook comes back. Um, he needed a consistent wide receiver with those three, and he got that from Ewan Sanders. Um, so with Edelman back, you know, um, he'll be solid. Kenny G has taken over uh, Detroit's wide receiver, one from Tate. And he's got Flash Gordon, Kiki Kuti, uh, Doug Baldwin, and Will Fuller on his bench as depth. Yeah. Dude's got some uh, a deep team there, so he comes in at number four, especially if Cook comes back healthy, he should be top three probably. Um, number five, ultimately, uh, back and forth, but ultimately went with your team, Donish's team here, uh, because I like your running backs better. Um, you got Ingram in that trade I just mentioned. Uh, you've also got DJ, who hasn't been amazing, but steady double-digit points. Uh, he has one 20-pointer mixed in. Um, and who's the other? You got Coleman now, who's now the running back one. Yeah. And so uh, it was between you and Sunil, and your running backs just beat it. Uh, you got wide res- three good wide receivers as well, Keenan, Devontae, Adam Thielen, uh, freaking stud over there. And so you've gone from an 0-4 start to, I think, a solid shot at the playoffs and perhaps more. Thank you. Um, and then, again, I was going back and forth between you and Sunil, so our favorite three-time runner-up, Suskapus, comes <laughs> in at six. Um, this team, I looked at it, and the first thing I thought of was the expiration section in a grocery store uh, where they put all that stuff for sale. And let me explain. He's got TJ Yeldon, uh, who's only good till Fournette comes back. He's got James Conner, who's only good till Lev Bell comes back. He's got Carlos Hyde, who I never believed would last throughout the season. And the last two weeks have shown he's just fading out in that backfield. Uh, and he's got Freeman, who is basically expired. He's on IR. Uh, this team had the expiration date. It's a ticking time bomb. I think he's only getting worse. He comes in at six right now because he's got those three wide receivers, uh, Hop, OBJ, and Jarvis Landry. But uh, this team is on the downfall right now. Ouch. Everyone keeps saying that. Yeah. He's not looking too good. Um, all that's left is me and Anil Rupani, and I'm going to put Rupani at seven. Oh. Um, his wide receivers... Are gonna save him again. He's got OB, not sorry, not OBJ, Julio, Mike Evans, Antonio Brown, and Juju. Um, what are, I put something here. Oh, his wide receivers are you're scared to face every week, uh, but his running backs you are not scared to face at all. Those are hot trash. Um, so 
He's got what th- was it three in a row? Or did he avoid three in a row? Lowest uh, scoring. He got three in a row. He didn't get the four. He avoided, he avoided four in a row, fourth. but still he was second to lowest. Yeah. So you know that team isn't looking good either. But I have him at seven, and that's because of my hit or miss team. Um, I tried to avoid putting myself down here at eight. I really didn't want to. Um, but looking at all the teams, my team does not look like an eight man roster, eight man league roster. Um, I've got 10, 12 team leagues that look better than this. So. Saquon and Wentz are really the only two consistents on my team, and everything else is, if I choose right, hopefully I can get myself at least into the playoffs and out of this Sacco Bowl contention, but I got myself at eight halfway through this season. Man, so uh, let's see. For me, I have the uh, the champing uh, Sacco. Uh, Huge fan of his team. I was looking at it when I was doing that recap. He's been playing without T.Y. Luck's been throwing it about like 50 times a game. Um, I think once he comes back, that's going to be a huge bump for him. Um, this team looks great. Biggest surprise in your rankings? I say Sunil. I, I know uh, he's got an expiration date, but <laughs> I do see him you know, slipping into the playoffs. Um, it's still a while till Bell comes back. Fournette can get hurt a little oh, bit. Oh, you know, I think I even put here. Sorry, I missed this part. Um, where was it? You know, he, like I mentioned, he has that solid wide receiver crew. He's managed a 4-2 and two start somehow. So, yeah, you're right. He could make playoffs. But we know his ceiling is second place, so it's okay. Yeah, that's true. That's true. He's not getting right, anywhere right. above that. Um, and then for Sacco, uh, yeah, it's, it's tough between you and Anil. I, I don't know if there's a favorite there. I, I think I'd lean Anil just due to the, the recent uh, poor effort. Um, but uh, but Sacco's going to win this year. You, you, you mark my words. That would suck, but uh, <laughs> I have him at number two, so yeah, possible. Um, oh, by the way, I had only him, uh, Sacco, and Usman as my playoff locks for now. I think everything else oh, is still up in the air. Agreed. But yeah. 100%. I, I do think uh, Usman will take a bit of a hit with Ingram coming back in. Uh, you know, right, I know he right. won this week without Kamara, but I think that'll... You uh, got lucky this week without Kamara. <laughs> 21 points from a kicker. You got real lucky without 22, Kamara. if I remember correctly. Whatever it um, was. He got um, 230 points telling me I won with a 28-point effort from Saquon. Or, yeah. And then he went out 30, whatever. Bad week, bad week. Yeah. Well, you know, got to move on to the next one. <laughs> That's all the time we have today. Uh, thanks so much for listening into our Week 7 Imperial FFC podcast. I'm your host, Donish Varani. Hope to see you again next Wednesday for Week 8. Today and from now on, we hope the Bobby blesses only me, myself, and I. Good night, Canada. <laughs>